0: Cause you're in the Hoodwood. I'm the Black Bandit, KJ Green. Welcome you to another edition of Sports from the Hoodwood. Coming up in this edition: World Cup review. What a finish! Could there be any more sexier finish than what happened last Sunday? Take a look at the game. And what happens going forward? The CFP. The two teams that I think have the best shot at winning it all. Take a look at that. This is a shorter version. Yo, you better strap in, because we're going to move fast. Good wood. let's go. And here's Hoodwood's hometown hero, K.J. Green. Greetings from the Hoodwood, where we're simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Yes, I get into the Christmas mood. I'm not a foul humbug. I enjoy the season as much as anybody else. And Maybe it'll snow on Christmas. Who knows? Snuffy is still confused about messy. He gets messy, he gets in trouble, but he doesn't understand all the fuss about messy. But he's a dog. He doesn't understand a lot of things. I'm your man KJ Green welcoming you back to the Hoodwood and let's right off the top, let's dive into that World Cup. What a finish! I mean, a lot of people say soccer is boring, a lot of people say they don't get the whole thing of why a billion people was what were watching that finale broadcast. If you didn't see it, you missed one heck of a game. Argentina and France going head up for the World Cup title and it lived up to its billing. Let me tell you. Argentina jumping out to a quick 2-0 lead with Messi scoring on a penalty kick and then setting up uh, Angel de Maria on a beautiful finish in the 36th minute. Everybody's thinking, Argentina's going to have a cakewalk to the cup. It's going to be an hour-long celebration of Messi and the Argentine squad. French were like, Hold up, son. Uh, let me talk. Let me speak at you for a second. Mbappe, who had done nothing the first half, proved why he is one of the best players in the game, scoring two goals in less than ninety, in less than uh, just over ninety seconds in a minute thirty-three. A pair of uh, goals by Mbappe in the 80th and 81st minute. One on a penalty kick, the other one on an absolutely brilliant finish. Levels the game at two, and you could see man, the Argentinian squad were shook. You could look at them, and they're just like, "What happened? this was supposed to be all about us. French was like, nah, son, we got a game to play. Game goes into extra time, two 15-minute halves, and you're waiting for something to happen. Messi makes it happen. Messi always makes it happen. You wanted to go, mama, it's that man again crashing the goal on a brilliant finish. A lot of people there was a little controversy. Many people said that pass was set up was offsides, but the goal there was no offsides call. The goal counted and everybody's thinking, okay, Argentina, they had a little bit of a scare like they did against the Netherlands. It's gonna be all good in the hood. No problem. French was like, wait a minute, son, let me let me speak at you for a second. They came right back. And who was who was Johnny on the spot? Of course, after a penalty in in uh, a foul in the penalty area, Mbappe, mama, it's that man again. Ooh boy, he finished like nobody's business with the penalty kick, and we're level at three after 120 minutes of brilliant play. Now you got to go to penalty kicks. Now I personally think that the World Cup final should go to a golden goal winner, you know, sudden death goal after 120 minutes. Whoever scores on the next goal wins. But you could have been there all night. So, instead, we're going to penalty kicks. Now, with the penalty kicks, you had both Messi and Mbappe, both of them leading off of their respective squads. Both of them cash in. Okay. Now, Dybala scores for the Argentine squad, but Coman and Chomeney were both denied. And my apologies to any of the French fans, who if I'm mispronouncing names, that's my fault, I didn't pay too much attention in in French class. I actually didn't take French. I took Spanish. But I didn't pay that much attention anyway. So, please forgive me. Anyway, Carlo Omani scores for the French. But it's pretty much all over but the shouting. Montiel lines up for the kick that would basically shut out the French and win the World Cup for the Argentina squad. He cashes it in. And for the first time since the legendary Diego Maradona squad won in 86 in Mexico City, Argentina is on top of the, of the soccer world. Not only did I feel good for Leo Messi, second final finally gets to the end. He had been in the World Cup. This is his fifth trip. Many people was wondering, you know, could he finish it off? Could he lead Argentina to a title? Finally, he did. And he wasn't just someone along for the ride. He was front and center. Winning the uh, uh, the gold, well, he uh, I'm sorry, Mbappe won the Golden Boot for most um, for most goals, but Messi won the Golden Ball for the most outstanding player, and it was well deserved. He was he was he was a great player. He scored in every round in the in the group stage, in the quarter semis, and the finals. And, um, if This is his final World Cup. You can't go out any better on top. One other person I felt really good for was Andres Cantor. the legend Argentinian Telemundo play-by-play announcer. He has the long goal shouts. I mean, I couldn't even begin to keep up with him. But he was fighting back his emotions, and he was fighting a losing battle when Argentina scored the when uh, the last goal was scored by Montiel. It was like you could hear the you could his voice was cracking. He was saying it in Spanish, you know, Argentina is a champion of the world, Argentina is a champion of the world. You know, 36 years that Argentina's waited to win win the World Cup. And you could tell, you would say, oh, that 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 was, you know, that's fanboy type stuff. If you didn't get moved by his emotional call, you better check your pulse, man, because you might be dead. I felt so good. For Messi, who came, you know, when they gave him the World Cup trophy, and he's looking around like, "Y'all ain't gonna take this from me, y- y'all ain't gonna say psych and take it from him," and y- just playing, no, he, it's, it's your this time. Argentina wins the cup. Messi was front front and center, and one of the most legendary players of our generation winning the World Cup, and I felt good for him. I felt good for Argentina too. It was just a just a brilliant thing. Now, let's switch gears to another type of football. Not soccer, but American football. College football, specifically, and the CFP. Now, last week, I detailed the two teams that I thought had the least chance of winning the CFP title. Now, let's look at the two teams I think have the best chance at winning it all. First of all, we talk about Georgia. Snuffy says he can't run with them dogs and asks a serious question, can the Bucks? That is going to be the question that's going to haunt Ohio State about Georgia. Not only do they run and run and run and run. I mean, you have a three-headed running game with Edwards, McIntosh, and Milton, and they just keep rotating them in and, in and out, in and out. And they're going to run the ball down your throat. They don't make any bones about it. They are a running team. Now, Stetson Bennett is a good quarterback, veteran quarterback. He's been around, a long, seemed like a long time. But he's a veteran quarterback, very savvy, great pocket presence. He can run when he wants to. He has a decent uh, amount of uh, receiving core where he can keep defenses honest if they try to crowd the box. On defense, you got a lot of players from Georgia that are going to play on Sunday. You can book that, especially Jalen Carter. Oh boy, he's a run clogger, he fills holes, he makes tackles in space. He makes tackles, shedding blockers. He is a good, if not great player, that is going to be, like I said, playing on Sundays. And he is a problem. If Ohio State doesn't neutralize him, it's going to be a long day in Atlanta. Bad enough that Ohio State's got to play Georgia in Atlanta, some 90 miles from the uh, uh, Athens campus, but you're playing Georgia. A team that really hasn't been tested in a couple of years. Not since my Bearcats took them to the wall in that very same Peach Bowl two years ago. That notwithstanding, Ohio State's got a a good team. But they have their work cut out for them taking on the Bulldogs in Atlanta. Now, the other team I think is going to have the best shot at making the CFP uh, championship is Michigan. Michigan is a second half team. They start slow, but boy, they come at you strong in the second half. 186 point, dip point differential in the second half of games. They win games, not only with defense, but Donovan Edwards has stepped up his, his game with Blake Corum being out. Michigan is another team that really hasn't been tested too much in the last few weeks. They've had a couple of games where they've played some games tight, have been behind going into the second half, But, brother, you let that team score, they will score and score and score and score on you. This is not a team to take lightly. Now, what Michigan's going to do is they're going to slow down the game. They're going to slug it out with their running game. Their key is to keep Max Dugan off the field because TCU's high-powered offense can put up the points. The problem that TCU has is Michigan's going to force you into scoring quickly. If you don't score quickly, if Michigan has a ball on prolonged drives, keeping that TCU defense, which is good, but not great, TCU can be beaten. And I don't say that that they won't be beaten, because I think Michigan's gonna win the game, but I think if TCU's not careful, Michigan will score, force you into a three and out, score again, and then you're down two scores, and TCU, while they are built for speed, they're really not built for a slug it out game. That's why I said they were one of the weaker teams of the last four teams. They're worthy. Don't I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying that Michigan is a better team on both sides of the ball, both defensively and offensively. Now, with the music coming up in the background, you know that means that your time here in the hoodwood is just about done. And I thank you so much for your visit. We'll have more shows coming up this week. Now, of course, show email is kjgreen at Please send me emails regarding show topics, questions, comments on the show, and both praise and criticism. I welcome correspondence, and I'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. The show website is sportsfromthehoodwood.com, which we have a back catalog of the show for audio and video forms. The show has its own Facebook page now, Sports The Hoodwood. Imagine that name. They have the podcast video there, as well as on YouTube. The link to the podcast on the show is also on the Twitter feed, which is at Hoodwood Sports. Audio version is on Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iMusic, and other fine podcast platforms. If the Hoodwood is not on your favorite, drop me a line, and I'll see what I can do to get it there. Special thanks, as always, to Rage Pictures for providing production to the show. And that's it for the Hoodwood today. Until next time, fellow sports fans, I'm KJ Green, 30. Sports from the Hoodwood is a Black Bandit Productions and Enterprises presentation of a 551 audio and films production.